Just thank Him for His hands in our life. For His stretched arm to help us. Thank you for our salvation. Thank you for bringing us together once again to glorify His name. May His name be highly exalted in Jesus' mighty name. Please go be seated.
the struggle to survive became very real at a very tender age. And about a year later, we were thrown out of the house by maternal grandfather, who didn't do accommodate us anymore. And that was when I had a real taste of what it means to be on the streets. So at a very tender age, I found myself trying to, I don't know what I would call it, I wasn't earning a living, but basically fending, looking for what to eat. As young as seven, eight, we could go to jobs to people's farms. And that's very tender. I didn't do much work, but I helped people. So, it's done to me that in this life, we are just by ourselves. During my primary school days, some of the ways we could survive is by begging. You see some children begging. We did it. Sometimes we go to our relatives to ask for money, using any excuse. Just any money you get to be able to put food on the table that evening. Even if it is just to And we continued like that. When I was about to finish primary school, just primary school, I called my mom and said, Mom, I feel ashamed. No longer go and be begging on poor, begging people, just making silly excuses for them to give us money. Can't you do business? And she said to me, What kind of business? I'm not a business person. I work, but even though my salary is not enough, we can still manage with whatever they dash with people. I said, No, mommy, if we can just start a small business. And we started this business by the roadside. You know, you see some women, they just put the table, fruit, anything at all that can be sold became our business. My sisters woke up as early as 5 o'clock to go stay up, you know, the compound, before we go to school. And that became the only means for us to have food on the table. By evening, they hopped around the streets while I stayed in the shop to sell. We settled that that was our life. At that stage, there was no dream. It was just what do we eat? Not even the next day, today. What, you know, people think of what they will eat tomorrow. Our own was what do we eat today. And this life continued to be. I was finishing my secondary school. It became clear my mom could not pay my wife. So I opted for myself to go and meet my dad. I know I have a father who visited the patient alley. At least he's working. If it is the only thing he can do for me, let me pick my priorities. When I got there, I realized that uh, jungle can be matured. The life I met the being born outside the home and coming into the house was very aggressive. And nobody wanted me. My father spotted that the whole trouble was centered around me. So he decided to do something. To Balance the equation. And that was anytime he's going out, especially in the evenings, he would take me along. And the one place he went to, which was my saving place, is Fugosphere. So when my father would come into Fugosphere meeting, they would all sit in front, he would just go and place me at the back and make sure he sees the diagonal so that he can keep one eye on me. So it became a culture that anytime he's going to Fugosphere meeting, he would take me along. That was how I got to know Fugos community. Now, the miracle happened that over a few years, about less than, okay, when 
a couple of months, because it wasn't up to a year before he traveled. When he traveled, personally on my own, on the Mondays at Montevide Plaza, I would go for the fellowship. I became interested in the fellowship. I was just a small boy. About 16 years, 15, 16 years old. Now, when I come, I will still go to the bar. Now, interestingly, let me just share this because I want to run off again on this testimony so I'm going to be Interestingly, in Montevide Plaza, I didn't have a tie. And in Fugosco, it is then like an abomination for you to come in without a tie. If you come like this, they usually keep lots of ties. People donate ties. So when you come, I always felt like, why would they want to hang me? But I still enjoy it. They'll give you a tie, you knot your tie, and go in. And it's a corporate meeting. So I now knew I was accepted when they allowed me to join the meeting. For the first time in my life, I was accepted by a family. And these are families of believers we call the Fugosto Businessmen Fellowship. Then we were meeting at uh, Montevideo Plaza in Benin. But I thought, okay, now I could uh, probably belong to somewhere. And the trouble came. My father lost his job. He couldn't pay for my wife. That means I had to go back to my mother, who was still struggling. I went back home, disappointed. But on return, I decided to look for a good gospel in the town. And I joined another good gospel meeting. Then I registered my way, got admission, and went to the university. It was when I got to the University of Nigeria that I saw what suffering is. You know, I don't know, most of us are advanced, but when you play game, there are different levels of game. Level one, level two, level three. You know, you have different levels in a game. When I got to the University of Nigeria, I thought I was suffering. And I saw what it means to suffer. I didn't have an accommodation. And for the first one and a half months of the semester, semester is usually three months, the sense to go common. I was coming from Ambo in Delta State to receive lectures in the Soka. And I finished my lectures and I will go back home. I did that consecutively for over about six weeks going to seven weeks before I found a church where I could sleep in within the week, attend my lectures, then weekend I'll have to go back home. Now that was how I attended my first semester, coming from Abo. Until I met a tribesman who decided to accommodate me, squat me in the hostel. It was then I realized things are not going to be the same. I decided to look for food gospel on campus and I joined the meeting. For the first time in my life, I had a vision of where I want to be. I wanted to live where I was coming from. I wanted to belong to these men who are called the happiest people. I saw people from different backgrounds coming together, blending together, and forging ahead. I, I, I begin to think, you know, being in the best, I just got admission. I wanted to graduate. But I don't think God can do something through me. And that was the decision I had that things can get better. Now, on that note, I joined this meeting and believe you me, it was a survival instinct. Because 
I was giving up on everything I had I had a sin. But God helping me, I graduated from or I finished my diploma, came back to Edinburgh, and started working. While working in Edinburgh, I got admission to go and do my degree. I thought about it that I don't have money. How do I go about it? But because I was working, God somehow provided people to help. And I gave permission to go and do my degree. It was at that point I got to know this fellowship. The full gospel chapter, the executive chapter of the gospel ministry. I joined this chapter at the time I gave that mission. And God helped me. I went through school as a working student. I was working in Liverpool, which means it was compulsory for me to come to work three working days in a week. And I go to school two days in a week. So somehow I was able to juggle it. There are days the lectures are on the morning, I'll tell them I'll come late. But somehow my degree days option, I was working three working days in a week. And my school days were two full days plus weekend. I spent the weekends in school. That was how I went to school and graduated doing the same work. Automatically, when I graduated, I was retained in my job because God was on my side. I was already a member here. And then coming down here, I felt something different in my life. And the difference was the kind of testimonies I was hearing from this speech were not ordinary. They seemed like things you hear in movies. You know, when people tell you how they fly from one place to the other, I, I like, is it God working or just maybe they are already making it? And somehow, I wanted to key into that vision. I remember the vision I had in school that I wanted to change where I was coming from. So I began as a student here, and when I graduated, I remained here. But something had to change in me. And what changed first was, I realized all these years of my life, I have been following this man. I have not really been a member. Even though I registered as a member, I have not taken part in what makes full gospel. And that is the secret I want to bring out to you. Full gospel is not about registration or membership list. It is about your commitment and dedication to the fellowship. I knew I had to change levels, but I needed that step. And the first step I took was to find something I could do here. I think my first place here, which is also my place, is being the usher. I will try as much as possible to come, help arrange the days I come early. The days I don't come early, I make sure I sit at the back to usher people to their seats. I started from there. And as the days progressed, I realized it's not enough to work. You also have to give. I started looking, what can I give to the fellowship? And that was the key that opened the door. I was no longer thinking of what I could get. Coming from nowhere, I realized that life is not going to hand me anything on the counter of it. But I needed that much. Here and there. And that was when executive chapter gave me 
Fatayla on the platform, this platform we are all on today, to be able to be of service to God. Yes, I was functional in my local church. Yes, I had other places. But this chapter was like a launching pad for me. Now to just quickly round up with the testimony. I like to say that when I came here as a student, well, we were just using one long table there. Before I graduated, we had moved into the full hall. And then I started walking. I realized that for you to move from one level to the other, maybe as a form of promotion, there must be something you are invested in God. It is either your time or your talents. You can actually give your treasure, but you must give something in the house of God for it to come back to you. I realize that God will not bless any man who does not have a hand on you. It is what you do that God will use in blessing you. So I decided to make it a habit. Oh! To always find something to give. Now, it was very difficult for me because every time they called for something, I want to say this. In this chapter, I realized that they don't do budgets. I, I, I don't get to see where we have a budget for the year. And I will say people should pick up an item. But in some other chapters I have belonged to, we have what we call a budget, you pick up an item. But here, you find out that as we go by the day, people sponsor things. And as a student, I say, what can I do? I didn't want only the rich men to benefit. I decided to start picking up little things that I can afford to do for the fellowship. And I want to say that that was my turning point. It was while I did, I got a job at the University of Nigeria, so that's where I graduated from. And as soon as I got the job, I said, God, I think the time has come for me to settle down. I was still here, and I got married. But well, you know, it didn't end there. When I got married, I remember on one incident, Stevie had to call us. He said, called me and my wife and said, I want somebody to pray for you people so that you have a child. It took a very long time to come. In the eyes of man, it was a very long time. It was actually about five years or four years. We <coughs> prayed and God answered our prayer. Today, the fellowship has a child. The child was prayed for. Yes. You can see that my life trajectory has been projected by the full gospel. Now, this I forget. Growing up as a young man was very difficult for me. Simple reason, there was no father figure in my life until I came to full gospel. See, tomorrow, all my father's movies and daddies are people I met in full gospel. Not my family members. All the people that I can refer to as father figure in my life are full gospel members who, in one way or the other, adopted me. And this is as a result of what I call God's plan for me. Because when I was in my hometown, I never thought of going beyond that environment. Now to wrap up with this testimony because the time is fast spent, because I wanted to share my testimony with you. While walking at the Eucharist, God helping me, 
I got an appointment. And with this appointment, it was something that would take me back to my state to be of service to the state. So I thought it would be a walk in the park, like I'm just going to serve the state. But that was when the real war began. And I finally met people who would do anything to get away or to get back. They are ready to kill or do at any, go at any length to make sure that they have their way. And that was when the reality of who gospel upbringing set in me. The things we hear today, especially for our younger people, people as young as I am, may not matter much to you. But when you get into situations that will define what I call societal belief, it is then that those things will begin to work out. Because when I got to that state, I thought, okay, we are here to work and that's all. But I realized that people have taken it beyond any reasonable uh, imagination. The work we are meant to do was a simple one. But the people we are meant to work with were people of the other side of the world. And that brought a new definition to me. I would say that the struggle became real with me. As I faced this new challenge, I was scared because of the things they openly came to tell me. You know, here, people don't come and tell you we are enemies. People here, around here, when I'm in the neighborhood, it is very rare to come and tell you, say, I will kill you. But in the past, they will come and tell you, you. You see, I was told. I wasn't, I'm not telling you. People will come to you face to face and tell you, I will do this to you. And without hiding, some will send messages. Say, that boy, go and tell him, this is what I will do. But in it all, God has kept me. Yes, there were times I fell. There were times I fell. But one thing was at the back of my mind. You must rise up and keep walking. You cannot remain that. And this gave me the audacity or the hope to say that for anyone here who aligns with God, that there will be a difference. And that difference starts with this. I said we have heard a lot of sermon. We have heard a lot of preaching. Today I will start with my testimony of how the full gospel became a platform for me to stand upon and be the person I am today. But I'm just going to share that testimony to tell you that the person that is talking to you is not somebody that fell or opportunity to bomb with a silver spoon or anything. I am just a regular person made what I am by God through this fellowship. And here is my reason for this testimony today. I have come to see a lot of hope in our young men. But I have also come to see that most of us here are still at the struggling level as a young person. And I have come to know that the Bible was not just written for us to read but to be applied. So I share this with you. 
I don't know what status it has been for you. I don't know how far you have gone. But I know this for sure. If God can do it here, you are in the right place. Amen. Why do I say you are in the right place? Because I thought being the happiest person on earth was a function of how much you have in your account. I thought it was a function of who your father is. I thought it was a function of um, how much power you wear in town. But having shared my testimony with you, I can tell you I am proudly a member of the happiest people on earth. My pride is in this that Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. If he can do it for me, he can do likewise and even much more for anyone. I was told that as I grew in Christ, I should apply my faith to the things I heard. And I didn't hear testimonies like this. I heard people preach, giving inspirational talk. And I began to look for real food. When I mean real food, study the Bible and see how it applies in our life. The Bible said that we should study to show ourselves approved. We were planned. But the question is, what are you doing? What are we doing in the house of God? Do we just fill up the attendance every Monday? Do we just come? and watch the proceedings, hear the testimony, and go back home. What is your contribution to the kingdom's work? I like to state this and claim so. Who gospel has so many areas other than fellowship. We have the fire outreach, we have the market outreach, there are so many areas that there are just, I can't mention all, I don't know, but I can't go to the city here. There are so many areas you can be of service in Fugos other than coming on Monday. And that is what I want to introduce to us today. If you really want to be in Fugos, it is not just fellowship, it is a lifestyle, it is a family, it is a calling. The calling is this. You cannot remain a member over years without you being a part and participant of what they are doing. Last week I heard the testimony of how people went visiting people. We have the visitation team here. We have the follow-up team. People that when people give their life to Christ, they follow the person up for a certain number of times. We also have the welfare. But for me today, my job is just share my testimony and the secrets of my being, which is this fellowship. I have come to know that when all this is done, what we account for us is the works we did. It doesn't matter how much. You may not look at the person sitting next to you and say, he has more than I am, so I have. So he should do more. 
the question is, with the little you are giving, how much are you contributing? I would have loved us to read so much of the Bible, but I'll share this story. It's a biblical story. I'll just share it and paraphrase. Because like I said, let's go into the reading to give more time. A man was traveling. When he was about to leave, he called his servants all together and said, I am going to a far country. And by the time I returned, oh, well, he just called them. And then the Bible said that he gave them talents. I quarreled with that part of the Bible. I said, Why divide the talents unequally? But I was pointed to a point where he said that according to their ability, he didn't just distribute. He looked at what they can do and how they didn't know what they can do. The kind of service they have a rendering in the house. If you have been coming here and the only thing you do is sit down at the end of the day, you go back. When they want to give talent or they want to give something, it will be according to what you are being doing. So the master, when he saw the servants, he knew each and every one of them. Simply just said, if you are here and you are becoming, I don't know your name. Automatically, you are not a member here. Which means the master knows everyone in his household. And he also knows their ability. So he gave them this talent according to their ability. Now, I'm not going to go into the details, but he traveled. On returning, he asked each of them to come and give account of what they were giving. Now, can you permit me to say that this master is a mastercraft? There was none that he gave zero. Which means each and every one of us has something we can do. Everyone had the talent. But this is the question. The one that was given more went and did more. The one that was given average did as well. But the one that was given one was the wisest. Yes, he was the wisest in the wisdom of men. Because he said to the master, I know you. I know you are a hard man. I know you will come back. This is this what he gave me now to come and ask for it. So I have decided to prepare it for you. That was a very you know that's how we behave with God. So many of us, you may not know it. The talent he has given to you, you will use it to your own profit. But not to profit the master. What is it that God has given you that you cannot use in the house of God? Some of us are very good business people. When we go out in the street, we apply ourselves to all kinds of things. But when we come to the house of God, we just hold our arms and watch. No. We cannot be blessed that way. So this passage brings me home to my message. That one was very wise. He told the master who the master was. And the master said, you know why I said he was wise? Because the master did not deny anyone. He said, if you know me this much, at least you are taking the one I'm giving to you. I'm giving it to people that will give me interest. 
And what happened to that servant? Even the one he had was taken from him. I said to myself, at the end of this message, what will be the take home? The take home will be the self evaluation. This time around, it is not what God can do for you, but what you can do for God. I want each and every one of us to um a fellowship guy you have that tells you all the departments, everything you can do in God's name. I don't know if you have it on the table. But I want each and every one of us to look at ourselves as full gospel members and ask yourself, what are you doing here? Why are you a member here? What does it profit this fellowship that you are, you are, you are in attendance? This is all the question I have come to ask. Because if you are able to find out why you are here, what you are doing here, and you are able to put what God has given to you to use, then I can tell you that by the time we come back next Monday, there will be a difference. I am looking forward to the day when we will not just do better chapters. But people here will grow. You know? Okay, sorry, let me just take this dimension. One day, the chapter president called us some men, some boys, we were all boys. He called us and, and lined us up here. And he asked the speaker to pray for us that our level will change. I looked at everyone he called us. Believe me, there are people who, in one way or the other, were of service. And when we are praying, not one person remained the same. Not one person here that was prayed for, among all of us, that not one person remained the same. All of us left that level to another level. I'm not telling you we fell under the anointing or something. We were just prayed for. And that is what we are here to do today. We are here to be prayed for. But before you are prayed for, what are you doing? You just want to be prayed for. If you are doing nothing, that way I will come back as nothing. <laughs> I'm sorry. Maybe I don't sound very nice. Hundred times nothing is what? One thousand times nothing is what? God wants his motivation. There must be something for the blessing to multiply. If there is nothing, it's nothing. So I beg each and every one of us today. My opportunity here today is not to come and tell you how Abraham met Isaac. I'll give better as it no. It is to share my testimony and tell you that in this place, a nothing became something. To tell you that from here, a nobody, at least, I'm not yet the big man, but I can say I'm somebody because I'm a father of somebody. Yeah. I'm a of somebody. A husband of somebody. I, I share this with all joy. 
<laughs> because when I shared the last time of how I don't used to give up people didn't take it. I tell you, at those years when I wasn't giving, my level remained the same. I kept on struggling upon struggle. But from the time my eyes opened, that what God requires of us is not just our presence. Our presence is very important. But what is most important is what we have to offer. And that is what I have brought to you today. Please, do not in any way feel I am talking about money. Money is just one. Why? Because what God gave to you is not the money. It is the talent to make the money. If you use that talent in the house of God, you will also make it. So I believe with each and every one of us as a land of the master is coming back. We know. It is evidence. And I, this is my evidence. From what has happened in the last five months, even with death and don't know that the coming is there. His coming is very, very near and close. I do not know how long from now. But I want to tell you, it is not too late to start doing something for Christ. This is the time. Now is the time. What are you going to do? I want to beg us. Just before I run at us. I beg of us. I have not come here to chide anybody. But I have used myself as a testimony of what God can do even through this fellowship. If there is anything different from everything I have said today, is that what you do will be in your own account. Okay, just a last demonstration. The person that has 10,000 naira in his account and the person that has 100,000 naira in his account, is it the same interest? <coughs> Why? It's, it's not interest. It is the same percentage. Okay, sir, you are, you are there. <laughs> it is the same percentage, right? When they give 10% to 10,000 naira, it brings back 1,000. When they give 10% to 100,000 naira, it simply says the more you do, the more you get. I want us to take this step of evaluation today and begin to account for what God has given to us. I have decided today that, okay, let's not do Bible reading, but let's share our own story. It is not the stories in the Bible. They are very good. But today, what is your story? What have you done for God? I'd like us to just bow our head as we pray. Heavenly Father, we come before you today to say thank you. Thank you for the talents, the multiple talents you have given to us. Lord, we have had these talents so long. We are not going to use it in heaven. But we are asking you, O oh Lord, to enable us to begin to put it to use 
in this selection. God, help us first of all to recognize that the gifts you have given to us are meant for the work of your kingdom. Help us, Lord, to know that just as my heart pants for you, my hard work should also work for you. Just as I want to receive from you, that I should be able to give to you what you have given to me. Lord, I pray today that no heart here will be hardened, but that you draw men close to you, that they will begin to discover what they are meant to do in this place. Everywhere we go, that we begin to apply the blessings you have given to us to profit with them. Lord, help us to know that our blessings here are based on our works. And teach us that our works will return with us. Lord, I pray for every one of my brethren here today. Lord, I pray that you who have done it for me and is doing much more, we do greater things. Lord, receive all the glory, all honor, all praise and adoration. For we are praying in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. Amen.